Time to earn this one, beige. Get your alligator. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. It's time you look deeper rather than reacting and trying to fix somebody else. Punishing somebody else is not going to transform your life, not going to make your life beautiful in any way. Some sick satisfaction you'll have for two days, after that you'll feel guilty about that also. Yes, initially when this emotion is hot, it gives you satisfaction, after some time when you look back, you'll feel ashamed of yourself. So don't go that way. This is an opportunity. Somebody is opening up a spiritual dimension for you, really. Somebody is making you realize how fragile all these things are. They can cheat you, they can run away, they can divorce you or they can fall dead, isn't it? If they fall dead, you wouldn't think that he cheated me, would you think? No. But whichever way you denied, isn't it? The important thing is you denied something. How he did it is not the problem. He denied you something either by death or divorce or cheating or whatever you call it. But essentially you got denied. You can be denied only because you are in a certain illusory state of believing that this is half a life and it needs another half from somewhere. No, this is a complete life. If your blossom is a complete life, you will see relationships will be of a completely different nature. It will be more of coming together and sharing, not of extracting. It has to transform. If it has to transform, you have to transform. This is a great opportunity somebody has given you. Stop using this word, somebody cheated me. Just say somebody is pushing you towards ultimate reality from an illusory state. We must thank that person. What's up everybody and welcome to yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. That's right, it's Unbothered by Ty Rivera. I am Ty Rivera, your host, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. Snoopy Bijou is currently enjoying a Whimsy's Alligator. Whimsy's Alligator is the never-to-be-sponsor of Unbothered by Ty Rivera, but we still shout them out and we still put our Amazon affiliates link to Whimsy's Alligators down below in the description box. If you decide to check out some Whimsy's, let me know what your dog thinks. Ask your dog where it's at. And if people don't think that dogs can tell you where they're at, then those people are not dog owners. Because... Dog owners know your dog is very clear in their communication with you. Well, not always. Like, Bijou tends to be pretty clear with me in communication, but there's sometimes when I'm like, I don't know what you want, and I don't mind giving it to you because you're a small dog. There's only so much you can actually want. But I don't know what you want. So sometimes she's jumping around, and I'm like, do you got to go potty? No, it doesn't got to go potty. Do you want a treat? Always wants a treat, so that's a yes. Then I give her the treat, she still wants something. I'm like, okay, I don't know what you want now. Now I'm just sitting here wondering what it is you want. And that clip that I played was just a little clip to set you guys up and let you guys know some of what I've been listening to, some of the way that my thinking is right now. And like I said, everything that I listen to when it comes to like Florence Scovel Shin or Sad Guru, who, which was who that was, um, it's already been my way of thinking for a while now, but now I'm just finding more stuff online where you know, it's it's more in line with the way that I think, which makes sense and is the way everything's supposed to work, really. And, you know, you draw things into you that you're already thinking about. That's why when you hate someone <laughs> or you think you hate someone, you run into them all the time. And it's because whether or not you realize it, you're putting that energy out there that you must have some kind of attraction towards them or want them in some way. So they keep showing up. And I really don't get that when it comes to certain situations. Like I was talking and I'm trying to get better about not 
speaking ill of people and it's uh, that part is a work in progress because there's a part of me that's used to burning everything down when people get on my nerves but I'm trying to find at least the thing is if I can't stop myself from saying something and you know you can stop yourself from saying something so it's not a matter of impulse control it's just some things I still feel are important for me to say because I don't know other ways around them like today I was asked about a particular comedian that is going to be rolling through Phoenix soon. And a mutual friend hit me up and was like, hey, so-and-so is going to be in town. I didn't know if you wanted to do anything with them. Well, the thing for me is I don't want to do anything with that comedian. And it really is because of that comedian. And I didn't really know how to say that. So I just try to find nicer ways to say things. But the thing with that comedian is I had never met them before in my life. And then I had a situation that didn't involve them in any way at all. Not at all. I I didn't mention them. They're not anything for me to, you know, I, I don't know them. But they went on a Facebook Live, like did a whole Facebook Live about me. And it made no sense to me because I was just like, I don't know this person. How can they do a Facebook Live about me? Which is something I've had happen a bit in my life. I've had people even claim to have had arguments with me that I've never met the person. And I'm like, well, how could you have had an argument with me when I've never met you? And I know that I didn't argue with you online. And so I don't know where these people build these relationships from. And it's not for me to figure out. I don't know what's going on with people in some cases. Sometimes I think that it could be attributable to mental illness, which isn't something that I take lightly and I'm not making fun of people. But when people really build up these relationships in their head with me and I'm not a part of them, I don't really know where they get whatever it is that's driving the narrative for them. That's what I can't understand and I don't think that I'm necessarily meant to understand is what drives these narratives because if I've said something about you if I've done something to you then I can fully understand how it is you have a problem with me but when I know what my relationship has been with you and I know that my relationship with you is that we don't have one then it gets confusing to me so I don't know what I'm meant to do about that or what it is these people want me to do. I'm definitely not going to reach out to these people and apologize for not doing anything to them because I don't know how that would even make sense or how that would help them. I usually treat them with, they say if you have a stalker, which is the way I see it with these people because stalkers usually have built up some relationship in their head with whoever the subject is that they're fixing on that doesn't exist. And so anything you do is just going to make them think that that actually is a thing. And I talk about this on my podcast right now because as far as I know, the people that I'm referring to don't listen to my podcast. I wouldn't imagine they do. Then there's some people that I've had called to my attention that have been talking about me that, again, I don't know. And I've had friends be like, hey, this person is making content about you. And for me, I'm like, yeah, I don't mind. If people want to promote me, then feel free to promote me in whichever way you want to. I don't really worry about what people would say about me because when I don't have a relationship with you, there's nothing you can say about me that would be at all. Like the people that I know like that, or I should say that I know that are making content about me or talking about me like that, are people where it's like, yeah, I don't know that person. Um, I know that they talk about me, so there's that. I'm not going to pretend that I don't know. But anytime I've ever checked anything out, which is always very brief, because why are you going to listen to somebody talk about you that doesn't know you? But I do check it out every once in a while to be like, okay, let's see what this person claims their problem is with me. It's always like, yeah, this person is just looking at my social media and making assumptions about what they think that I'm implying or what the undertone. And there's not really a lot of undertone to things that I say and do at this point. And I don't think there's ever been a point where there's been a subtext unless it was 
subconscious and like I tell you guys that sometimes where I'm like yeah I realized that what was really going on for me mentally at that time was this but at the time I thought it was that so I didn't realize that that was what was driving my thinking but that's what it was so when other people that don't know me throw these and it's usually stuff where they always assume the worst about me which is kind of what people do so even that doesn't bother me because that's typical of what people do when somebody has built you up to be this villain in their head and they think that you must be this particular way then everything they think about you is just going to be feeding that everything's got to feed that otherwise it's not consistent so for me I'm like okay cool but I mean like anytime I've listened to anything like that it's been very very inaccurate and then some things that people say about me are outright lies. And that I never worry about because I feel like, you know, if I really wanted to, I could just give actual facts and proof and evidence that would make it where it's just undoubted and then completely destroy this person's house of cards that they've built. But I don't care about people enough to do that. You know, like if you've noticed the times that I've gotten into it with people or decided to really air people out on this podcast has been people that I actually know is and even that I feel like has to stop. But then at the same time, I feel like as I move on in life or move through life, I get better at filtering those people out before it even becomes a thing. Because just the more you notice the patterns with people and you see the way people behave, you start to be like, okay, well, I see that this is the type of personality that's similar to this other kind of personality that I got into it with. So the best thing I can do is keep this particular person at arm's length so we don't run into those problems and then I don't ever have to get into it with that person. And that's, you know, the way I want to live my life. I don't want to continue getting into it with people and I know that some of the people that listen to my podcast like when that happens but if you're not willing to grow with me then you're not meant to listen to this podcast long term I'm not going to change the person I am and be living in a turmoil that I don't need because some people think that that's what the brand is the brand is whatever I am I'm not gonna change what I am to fit some sort of brand or some kind of image that I've made for myself inadvertently. So, you know, and that clip that I played for you was just about love and relationships and how sometimes you think in your head that you're supposed to punish the other person when really the other person has um, provided you with an opportunity to grow. And that's also the way I see it with a lot of these situations that I was just addressing a second ago is when I listen to these things, in my head, I I think like, okay, well, you know, maybe what adjustments can I make to better myself? It's not about bettering yourself for another person or even in the relationships, like when he said the part about that you feel like you're one half and waiting for another, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, even though we all just heard it, but um, where you're feeling like you're one half when really you could you're supposed to be a whole person and that's kind of what I was talking about last week when I was saying that I want to attract what it is I am I don't want anybody to come along and complete me which when I was younger I can admit that I thought you know we're all looking for our other half I don't remember what movie I saw that on when I was a kid but what movie didn't I see that on when I was a kid if you guys remember, we've only grown to this point recently. As a society, we've only evolved, or some of us have only evolved to the place that we're at now in recent years. When we were younger, we were raised to believe that we were looking for another half, and that's what you were supposed to find. And once you found that person, they would complete you. You know, the famous line, you complete me. It's it's That's the whole way it was when I was growing up, or what we were all taught 
That's why people stayed in these toxic relationships for their entire lives and didn't get divorced, even though everybody knew that their relationship was dead, including the two people that were in the relationship. But it was still about keeping up appearances and making people think that you didn't fail at a relationship because that was the worst thing in the world. Getting a divorce was a sin. And literally it was a sin and then it moved on to just being frowned upon. And now it's just one of those things. If something didn't work out, then you get a divorce. That's the advice that I gave my niece when she was getting married. And this was years ago and she ended up getting divorced. But, you know, I some people would judge me for that. But that was the advice that I had. I was like, you know, look, just know that if for any reason this doesn't work out, I don't care what you say. As far as your vows go, yeah, that's nice and you feel that right now. But if he starts treating you bad or things just aren't working out, don't be afraid to end it. Don't be afraid to get a divorce and don't feel like you failed because that didn't work out. It's just one of those things. And she got married young. So I know that at this point, with the opportunities people have to travel and meet people on the internet, and and I don't mean meet people on the internet necessarily in a hookup way, but just you meet people from all over the world. So where we're at now, it's almost a waste in my opinion. And if that's the way somebody feels or they feel like, that's really their destiny, then do that. But I'm just saying my opinion is it's almost a waste to settle down young because you have so many opportunities in the world. And if you're thinking that I mean just as far as sexual relationships and stuff like that goes, maybe you're not even that kind of person. Maybe you're not even thinking about that. Not everybody is so hell-bent on just hooking up with a bunch of strangers so that's not the way I I take my thinking in that I just think there's so many opportunities for you to experience so many things in the world and meet so many different types of people and make friends and just grow and sometimes when you get in a relationship that person wants to control a lot of your life or they want to dominate your time and when that happens that stunts you a bit and so you could end up feeling like, I really wish I had checked more out. But then there's, you know, what it is that you feel or what it is you know. If you meet someone when you're young and you just happen to fall in love with them and that's the person for you and you don't know or you know you don't need to go anywhere else, then do that too. I wouldn't try to tell anybody either way. That's a lot of what I do with my friends. I have a few friends that really do come to me when things are rough or they're having a hard time. And you know, when you have those friends that are like, well, girl, I wouldn't put up with that. What I would do is, and it's, I personally try not to do that. What I do is instead of telling them what I would do in their situation, what I do is tailor my advice to what it is I know that their end goal is in that particular situation, what they want the resolution to be. So let me help you take steps to get to your ideal outcome because what I would do in a relationship doesn't matter. And I'm single. So as far as what I would do in a relationship, clearly that's not an effective strategy for being or staying in a relationship. My advice will have you single on the couch at 3 a.m. on a Sunday doing a podcast with a small dog eating a Whimsy's alligator, the never-to-be-sponsor of Unbothered by Tyre. That's where my advice will get you as far as what I would do. Well, if I was you, what I would do, I wouldn't put up with that motherfucker shit. Okay, well... Single is where not putting up with the motherfucker's shit is going to get you. And, you know, sometimes the advice is to, you know, stand your ground. But I, I'm good at giving advice to friends because I really do think of it in those terms. I think, okay, not, not what would I do, but what is the best thing for them to do to get what they need out of this particular situation or get this to where they want it to be. And I don't think about what I would put up with because... I know my friends, the ones that ask me, I usually know well enough that I know what it is they can put up with. And I know that their personality might be a little more flexible than mine is sometimes or my mine has been at other times. You know, now I don't know where I'm at on the flexibility scale. I think for the right situation well, not I think. I know that for the right situation, I'll be able to handle every 
almost everything in the right way because I'm really just working on me and I really like what's happening with that. I mentioned cleaning up my place. I did even better with that the other night and now I feel like the downstairs part of my apartment is pretty much completely done. The upstairs I got to work on stuff like the closet but there's not really a lot of stuff upstairs outside of clothes and most of my clothes I'm just not getting rid of so that's not going to happen but then there are certain things that I'm like okay let's either make this your size because I have some stuff that's this is going to sound more bougie than it is it's actually more of a chill process but I usually buy shirts in a small but technically my size would be extra small but a lot of people don't make an extra small so what I usually do is I'll take them to a seamstress or a tailor however you want to term it I'm not trying to be sexist here but you take it to somebody that does that kind of stuff and I'll take them a shirt that I think fits perf fits me perfectly. And then I'll tell them to use the perfect shirt as the pattern to make the other one the size of. And so that's the way a lot of my clothes fit me or the reason a lot of my clothes fit me the way that they fit me. And with certain things now I have to go up a little bit, which is still... An extra small is just a little bigger version of an extra small. You know, because I'm bulking up a little bit, but not, still not trying to add fat or be bigger. I just like having a little bit more muscle, and I'm starting to really figure that out too. That's something that's been interesting lately is working with my body and figuring out what it is I'm trying to do. I haven't been doing a lot of the naked selfies or naked stories on Instagram, but that's just because I haven't really felt like it. So I'm not trying to do anything that I don't feel like doing. I don't want to do anything that's forced because then it'll feel forced. And there were certain times when I'd do a naked Instagram story just because I was like, this is my habit. I do it every day. If I don't do it, I'm not being consistent. And then I was like, you know what? If you don't feel like doing it today, don't do it. Besides, you're fat right now anyway. <laughs> not now, but there was a couple weeks there where with the birthday dinners and everything that was going on for a minute there, it was just a lot of eating out and stuff. And so I wasn't fat, but I wasn't what I usually am. And so there was that too, where I was like, yeah, you don't want to not look your best or close to your best when you're doing this, especially since if you paid attention around Halloween, because I was getting ready for that costume, I was really doing it. So when you're doing it like that, it's like, Nah, I don't want to show them anything that's not at least somewhat close to that. But it is what it is, and life is pretty good. So I just keep trying to grow, keep trying to figure things out. I was on my friend Irma's podcast, and Irma was talking to me about, well, it's called Tarot Card Comedy. And I like Irma a lot. Irma Ruiz, she's from El pa no, San Antonio, and she comes out to Vegas a lot. And I don't remember if I met her in Texas or I ended up meeting her in Vegas. Or maybe I even met her in Phoenix. Somewhere we ended up talking along the line and we became friends. And she'd asked me to do her podcast a while back. And she, I know that she's not trying to waste my time and her setup was very professional. So when I got there and, you know, even when we were leading up and she kept me posted about the way everything was going to work out. And then I watched an episode or two of, you know, podcasts that she had done, well, episodes that she had done. And it was fun. And she's not really into tarot cards, so it's not like she knows the cards and she's just going to give you a reading. It really is a thing where you sit down with her, she picks up a tarot card, then her tech guy tells her what the meaning of the card is supposed to be, and then we talk about how that plays out in my life. And with the cards she was picking, they seemed like they were really driving the conversation. So it was a nice it was a nice way of doing things. And I have good conversations with Irma because she's Latina. Well, you know, Chicana, so Mexican-American. And 
we have good conversation because it's like talking to a cousin or, you know, it's for me, it's very familiar and homey talking to Irma. So she makes me laugh a lot and I'll talk a little bit more than I usually would. But I don't really believe there's any such thing as talking too much at this point, because like I told you guys, I don't know when life is going to wrap up for me. So I feel like if I spit as much stuff out and then when I'm gone, people can take from it what it is that they feel the lessons are, then I've done my job. Because at this point, there's nothing to ruin as far as I go. I feel like my life is going to go go the way that it's going to go anyway. And there are no such thing as accidents. And so... I can't go wrong because as long as I'm being true to myself, everything's going to be okay. And that's the way I come at things. There's sometimes when I'll say things and people will be like, well, aren't you worried about so-and-so or this person getting mad? Well, if you pay attention, I'm not really saying anything bad about anybody that I like or I have an actual relationship with. Once I'm done with people or they're done with me or however you would put that, you know, once me and people fall out, then sometimes I'll just say whatever I want to say. But a lot of this is just content and people don't get that. People want to assign more feelings to things than there are actually there. And maybe they take them that way. And that's fine. I'm not telling people how to take words or how how to ingest things, but I'm also not going to pretend that they're the same deal for me that they are for you. If you try to make a big deal about them, I just am not giving in like that. And there's nothing for me to give in to because like take, for example, the episode I did about Bobby and Crystal. I was very annoyed with Bobby and Crystal and I stand by all the stuff I said about them as far as them trying to be the moral compass. And we don't really need them for that. And you're either part of the comedy community or you're not. And even if you are part of the comedy community, we don't need a morals police. It's just not the way this art form works. Damaged people do stand-up comedy. And that's a lot of times where the funniest comedy comes from and why the funniest comedians have been the most damaged people. Like, that's what it is. Look at Mitch Hedberg. Look at Eddie Murphy. Look at Richard Pryor. Look at... Any successful comic outside of maybe Jerry Seinfeld, well, Jerry Seinfeld dated Shoshana Lowenstein, who was 17 years old. So are you telling me that that there's not some any dysfunction there? Yeah, there's something wrong with everybody. So when that's what you're dealing with, then I don't necessarily need you to come into a space that I work in and start trying to tell me the way things are supposed to work or telling everybody for that matter what the way things are supposed to work. So I stand by that part of it. But some of the other stuff I said, it was shit talking and it was unnecessary. I mean, it just doesn't change that it was true, but it was shit talking and unnecessary. So if they ever wanted to talk to me and patch up, then I'd be open to that. It's not like they're sworn enemies for life and now I can never talk to them again or whatever is going on. It's not that big of a, it's not that deep. But if they feel like we have to have some sort of chat, then I'm fine with having a chat. But I'm also not going to really pretend like... I was very wrong for what I said. I'll just be like, yeah, so I'll hear you out if it makes you feel better to tell me whatever you want to tell me. And then I'll tell you the way it went from my perspective. And then we can either be friends and completely move on from that. Or we can just not be friends. Because I also don't do those things with people where they feel like you owe them for the rest of your life because you said something like bitch, I don't care. I've said shitty stuff about my own family members and we got past it. So if they could get past it, you could get past it. And if you choose not to, I'm fine with that too. I don't need a lot of outside people. That's one thing about me that's just always been that way. And I think it was because when I was growing up, I wasn't allowed to have a lot of friends and allowed to have a lot of friends is exactly what it was. My mom didn't like a lot of strangers over at our place. And I kind of wish that had been different, but it is what it is. And it was what it was. And you can't unring a bell. You can't change the past. So even though I wasn't necessarily happy with that being my experience when I was growing up, 
that's what it is. And it turned me into this person, which that part I got to say that I'm thankful for because I don't really worry about public opinion too much because I just didn't have a lot of outside people affecting me when I was younger. It's kind of like if it's not going on in these four walls, then it ain't going on. So that's the other thing I don't think people always get with me when people do talk about me and that kind of stuff. I feel like, yeah, that doesn't because, you know, the main thing that I want to drive home as far as that goes is when it comes to my friends like hitting me up and saying, oh, this person is saying this about you or whatever. Like, If that person really wanted me to know, then they would be on my phone. But they don't have my number, so that should tell you right there how much of a relationship that we have. Then the other part to that would be I don't really understand how anybody would have anything to say to me if we don't have a relationship. So you don't need to bring it to me on that level. If God wants me to just hear it, then it'll just fall in my path or there's no way that you can avoid what the universe actually wants you to hear. So if the universe isn't putting in front of me, you as my friend shouldn't be either. And I'll start relaying that a bit more but I've been relaying it actually in a very nice way to my friends because I know that in certain cases people will do that stuff in a hater way and try to bring negativity into your life and some people just don't realize that they're bringing negativity into your life and you know in that way they don't see it that way they see it as like trying to protect you oh I just wanted you to know and I think my friends need to know that I'm not the kind of person that needs to know that I don't care like I said, if it's not happening in these four walls right now, it's not important. The main things I have to do, I know I have to do. So I don't need anybody from the outside to point that out to me because I know what really needs to get done. Like, I need to clean these floors. That's one of the main things that needs to happen in my apartment. And yeah, it hasn't been that long or whatever, but it's been long enough that I actually need to sweep and Swiffer. And the other day I started to do it and then I ran out of Swiffers. So I went and bought more Swiffers and now I need to do that. But that's what needs to go on around here. So any outside issue anybody has doesn't matter to me because I need to clean these floors. When it comes to filing, I've been really good about that lately. Getting rid of like bulk junk. I've gotten rid of pretty much everything. I've stored things where they needed to be stored. There's very little that actually needs to be stored. And so I mainly just threw a bunch of stuff away. I've gone through papers. I, the, the things I've done and I need to get back to writing and that's something that I keep promising myself I'm going to do. But I don't worry about that either because everything that I say that I'm going to do ends up happening in time. Like all the stuff that I wanted to do or that I've done the last couple of weeks is stuff I've been saying that I need to do. But in order to have a clear mind, I need to have a clear workspace. So the first and my apartment is for the most part my workspace. Everything that I do creatively happens in my apartment. Yeah, performing is happens in front of people, but also the writing happens at home or coming up with the ideas happens mostly in my apartment or in my car and so I needed those to be clean and organized in order for me to be able to organize my thoughts because I don't know about you guys but I really do hate working in a pile of junk when there's just a pile of stuff everywhere or piles of stuff everywhere I feel like no this does not make me feel creative this does not motivate me Actually, this just feels like I'm working in a trash heap. So I know that that was what I need to get done. And now that I've got this cleared out, I need to do. I know that Philip needs a little TLC, which I don't know what's going on with Philip. Well, it's seasonal. You know, he's a plant. So he is a bald headed bitch right now though he has lost more leaves than I think at any other point and I think it was because of where I had him I think he was too close to the vent so the heat was getting him maybe I don't know what happened maybe not close enough to because he needs indirect sunlight so maybe not close enough to the window where the sunlight was hitting him I don't know what happened with Philip but Philip excuse me sorry Philip um, but Philip has been having a hard time and I just like pronouncing it Philip. So I named him Philip. So it's Philip, not Philip. It's Philip. And I love Philip. He's been my plant. 
the history of Philip, though, I almost wonder sometimes, and I'm not making this an excuse not to take care of my plant. I might end up giving Philip away, and that's something you guys should know. I might keep Jaleesa. I might get rid of Jaleesa, too. I don't know what I'm doing with that situation. But here's the reason that I think I might end up having to give Philip away. When I was in my relationship, I believe it was the sixth or eight, eighth month, because I used to always buy my ex something on the day of the day we met from the month before because he would always like you know we were sweet like that with each other like I said when things were good they were good and so he would tell me and I would tell him because we met on February 5th I believe it was <laughs> whatever the Super Bowl was that year but I think it was February 5th it was the fifth of each month I think this is how terrible my memory is but anyway the fifth of every month, he would always be like, we've been together for one month now. We've been together for two months now. And so, you know, I caught on and was like, all right, we've been together three months now. And so uh, I would always buy like when he would tell, remind me, you know, um, I would always that day go to the grocery store or whatever and get balloons or, you know, something at least to let him know that. I was happy that I was with him and just something to let him tangibly, you know, the, the proof that I am here and I'm doing something, you know, like, um, I don't know how, you know what I mean? But, uh, so yeah, so I would do that. And so there was one point where I bought him flowers and then I didn't like that. Cause I feel like flowers are such a waste of money because they die. So then another time I bought him, I think it was like the eighth month, I bought him Philip because my thinking was flowers die, a plant grows, and I want to give you something that will actually grow and not just die. And so I gave him Philip. And then when he left, however it happened, he ended up leaving Philip. And so... I feel like Philip is a little bit too much of a reminder and almost encouraging me to live in the past rather than move on. And so I don't know if me and Philip are meant to be together much longer. But then there's also part of me that feels like maybe I'm supposed to continue to take care of Philip through good and bad because whatever the intention was, when I first got him, the fact is he's a living thing and he's my responsibility and with or without anybody else, I signed on for that responsibility and so I should continue to take care of him. And then there's a part of me that thinks that it's probably not this healthy to think this much about a damn plant. Just water the plant, fucking take care of it and shut your fucking mouth. There's also that part of me, if we're being 100% honest about what's going on here. So it, the, the whole combination for me is just what it is. You know, I think I think about things sometimes too much and then other things not enough. So it is what it is. And it, this is me. So what am I trying to be different for? If you hear like a plastic sound right now, that's because I've got Olaplex in my hair. I made my hair darker and well, Technically, I made my hair lighter, but the blonde part obviously got darker. So it, I like the color of it, but it was damaged from being blonde or that part being blonde. And so I needed to put some Olaplex in it, which if you're not familiar with Olaplex, it's actually pretty great. And it does great at restoring your hair. So I personally have been using it through the blonde. But this last time, just the last time that I had my hair made blonde, really did fry quite a bit quite a bit of it off and so I decided that I wasn't going to do the blonde again which I'm not mad at the person that did my hair but it was their mistake because they tried to use this product that everybody was telling them was the product but then after my hair gets fried off the person that let them use that product 
And it's an actual hairdresser, you know. It wasn't like a kitchen beautician or just a friend. It, but it was an actual hair person. And you know how the girls in the salon will be like, I got this new product and it's so great. But it's usually the reps that push it and whatever else. And I had really said that I wanted to use my stuff because I know what it is I use and that it works because I was doing it at my home. So if I can do it, then a stylist can do it and we shouldn't have any problems. They can do it easier. And so they recommended this product and we tried it and it ended up frying off a lot of my hair. So what was left after I got my hair cut, because I had to obviously get all the damage cut off, there was some blonde left, but that's obviously part of the the least damaged part of what we were able to salvage. So, you know, um, every once in a while I have to use a treatment to make sure that things stay looking cute. Plus, I've been doing more heat styling lately and just in general taking care of myself better, which feels good. Like that part, too, isn't about other people. That part is about me. I like dressing cute and I like being in shape and I like putting in a little attention to how I present myself. I've never relied on that just because, to tell you the truth, I've always thought I was cute. So whether my hair is fucked up or whatever is going on, I always feel like I look great. That's just a problem I have. It's one of the reasons that I ended up getting a little chunky there at different points because I don't notice sometimes. I don't think of myself in those terms. I'm just like, yeah, I still look good. Yeah, I still look good. And then I'll see a picture and I'll be like, girl, what are you doing? You fat bitch. And then I'll do something about it. Like when I look back at pictures and stuff when I was with my ex, I'm like, ugh, you had really let yourself go for a minute there. But it's because I needed to smoke cigarettes again. Like, I just needed to go back to being me. And that was the other thing that my ex didn't get. And I know it's because he had asthma, and so he was like, I can't be with a smoker, like that kind of thing. But And I had quit smoking, and I was trying to stick to that, but really I wanted to go back to smoking. And the truth of the matter is, when I was back in China, that's the one thing I lied to him about or didn't mention to him, was that I was smoking cigarettes while I was in China because I was just done with not smoking. And then also I know that I had started to lose weight because I was smoking cigarettes and eating the way Chinese people eat, which they don't eat like us here. And also in China, uh, almost nobody cooks at home. And so you eat out all the time and you're eating street food and it constantly gives you diarrhea. You know, that happens like once a day, you're going to get at least a touch of food poisoning when you're in China. Or that's been my experience. It's once a day, you're going to get at least a touch. It's just what happens. Toilets, there are a mess. Not to be disgusting, but that's what it is. If you want to know the truth about China and where we all got the virus from, the motherland of the coronavirus, that's what it is. So between the having a little bit of food poisoning daily, I had taken my jump rope and I was jump roping religiously because it was something to do with my day while in between shows and kept my stress down and I wasn't able to go to a gym there. But at that time, I hadn't been going to the gym here, so I had started gaining weight. And so I think that that's also part of what made my ex insecure when I came back from China was that I had lost a bit of weight and he was beginning to see it again. And the thing with me that I've noticed every person I've ever dated knows is there's a point where you can either come or you can stay where you're at, but I am preparing for liftoff. So just like a plane, I start building up speed. And before you know it, I'm gone because you're either going to stay with me, you're going to keep up or you're not. And so with my ex, that's one place where he underestimated me or maybe was trying to say it to be hurtful because he thought that that would make him in some way feel like he was in control. But towards, you know, when we were breaking up, he went through the whole like, you know, you're going to be nothing without me and you're going to like, you know, you can't afford this apartment on your own. And in my head, I was like, you haven't been paying anything for the last couple months anyway. So I don't know why you would think I wouldn't be able to afford it without you here. You leaving is technically relieving me of some bills. And I don't mean that in a bad way now because 
the truth of the matter was I knew I would have figured it out if he stuck around. I knew that we would have figured it out, but that's not the way this turned out. But my point is I knew that either way, everything was going to continue to go the way that it's going anyway. So I wasn't worried about that. Now, if you're a little bit intimidated because you know that I'm going to get back to not only what I was when you met me, but even better than that, because that's the other thing. If you ever pay attention to my social media or you've seen the different things I've done with my body, each time I do something with my body, it's better than it was before, which doesn't really make sense and is part of what I was explaining with the thing I said about age not too long ago. That's why I don't pay attention to people when they tell me what age is supposed to do my do to my body because I keep getting older but my body keeps getting better and then I'll fall out of a rhythm and then I'll come back even better again. So I don't listen to people on those things. And when he was telling me what I was and what I wasn't and what shit I look like and whatever else. And I felt like, yeah, you don't even know what you're talking about. Like we haven't even hit the tip of the iceberg with this. And that's something I would tell all of you at home too. If you notice, I keep making my look better too. So although it's not just about my body, it's my all around look. It's the way I I take care of myself. It's the way I dress. It's everything because I don't limit myself and I know that I'll always be able to get better. I'll get better at everything. I'll get better at stand up. Like some people think that, oh, you only have this amount. Yeah, if you stop growing, then you're only going to have that amount of time or you're only going to have that amount of the time in the sun, as they would say. But I haven't even had my full on time in the sun. I've had different successes here and there. And I'm very grateful for the successes that I've had. I have had. But I don't by any stretch think that I'm done or that it's all downhill from here. I know that it's still like right now for me is like uh, when you're on a roller coaster and there's the pop, 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 you know, when you're reaching the top of the roller coaster or the top of the little hill on the roller coaster, like that's the way I see right now. And so I'm not even worried about like that part of things because as long as like I said I'm gonna get back to writing again and the stuff if you pay attention to me on social media if you pay attention to me on Twitter it's not like my thinking has gone stagnant or I'm not thinking about the things that are currently going on I just haven't figured out how to make jokes out of some of the things because the last thing I want to do is be a preachy comedian like I don't mind telling you guys my thoughts and just talking like I talk here on the podcast because it's a podcast and that's what you do and I've got to fill up all this time by myself if you notice I don't have guests I'm gonna go back to having guests soon just because I want to talk to some other people like my friend Claire Howley that's one person I want to talk to but I think we're gonna do a video blog Spiro is uh somebody that I want to have I don't remember Spiro Savellis, I think is his last name but he's uh, and I just call him Spiro all the time but we're actually good friends he's going through something personal right now though so I don't want to have him you know I don't want to bug him to be on my podcast whenever he's ready to come on the podcast. I want to have him on and we'll talk about whatever he wants to talk about. But really, that's another interesting person that I want to talk to. There's just different friends that I definitely want to talk to on my podcast. So I'm going to go back to that. But if you notice, like all of these I'm doing by myself. So I have to completely power this for an hour or whatever it is. So I don't mind talking to you guys about whatever it is I want to talk to. But when it comes to stand-up, I don't like to be preachy. I like to joke, 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 joke. I want you to not be able to breathe by the time that I'm done. And yeah, I'm putting a lot of new stuff in here and there. But I was talking to a friend about it the other day. It's like it's not fully formed. And that does bother me because I'm so used to everything being tight and crisp and the way that I used to do things. And it's just a matter of me getting back to that, getting back to what it was I used to do, what that formula was. But like I said, if I can do that with my body, then I can do that with my mind. I can do that with my material. So it's just a matter of me getting back on it. So I don't worry about these things, but these are the things that I need to get on. These are the things I need to do. So like I said, it can't be about anything that's going on in the outside world. When it comes to uh, my situations with different people, I really do feel like, including my ex, um, everybody, my ex says, because, you know, there have been a fair amount of relationships in my life. One of the things that I've learned from listening to Florence Scovel Shin, which shout out to Florence Scovel Shin, 
she died in 1940, I believe it was now. I said 1945 last week, but the other night, me and Freddie were talking about it when I was doing Freddie Korea's podcast, Thanks for the Invite podcast, which I believe is coming out Wednesday. I'll keep you guys posted. I'll, I'll post it on my socials. By the time this is out, you'll have already heard this episode, and then you can check my socials, and I'll let you know when... Uh, I'll be on Freddie's podcast or when that's actually going to be coming out. But when I was talking to Freddie the other day, um, I was thinking about some of the stuff that Florence Scoville Shin had said. And one of the things is you're supposed to wish people well until you have nothing but good feelings, even towards the people that have wronged you. That will basically slow up your energy, which isn't the way Florence Scoville Shin talks. <laughs> but that's you know the a good paraphrase for it like you're basically getting in the way of your own energy by holding on to negative feelings towards other people like you need to move past that and I'm all about just getting better I just want to be better at everything and not better than everybody else or anybody else for that matter. Better than I was yesterday. Better than I am today. Tomorrow, I want to be better than I was today. And I just want to keep getting better because it's not about competition. It's just about wanting to live the best life that I can possibly live. It's where it's at for me. It's just if I'm going to live in this world, then I might as well be happy in it. If I'm going to live in this body, if this is what I am, this is who I am, then I at least want to be happy with it. And I at least want to feel good. And holding on to hard feelings about people or holding on to old emotions, nothing matters but this moment right here. Like that's what actually matters. So when you're living in the past, why? Nothing you do can change the way those relationships went. Nothing you do can change the way those friendships went. And if in the future you end up reconnecting with people and maybe mending things as far as different friendships go and even different romantic relationships go, if you come to some kind of closure about that, then let that happen in the future. But it's not something you should try to plan for because who knows how the future is going to turn out. Yeah, I can plan lunch with you tomorrow, but something could come up and you might not be able to make it to lunch. And now lunch didn't happen. So... What is what are we doing? Why am I going to make that like now I'm living for lunch tomorrow? OK, well, now you don't show up. So what life isn't good because you weren't able to make it to lunch? It makes no sense, you know, and then people are dying all the time. That's the other thing. So when you have that going on, it's just like, yeah, nothing is promised to us. So just enjoy what it is you are. Enjoy what it is you're doing. Live the best life you can live in this moment because that's what matters. I could be mad. Like I had one therapist friend and this is when I say therapist friend, I mean, I met him outside of he wasn't my therapist. I didn't even find out he was a therapist until after we had been friends for a little while. But we're actual friends. I haven't talked to him in a while, but it's because him and his husband ended up moving to some part of like near San Diego. But I can't remember what the name of the city was or the town, but it was like a farmy place. And it was nice, but it was farmy. And they kept their place in L.A. as well. They had a place in Silver Lake. It was cool. But anyway, one time we were talking and he ended up getting on my nerves because I was telling him that we were discussing like how we were raised and he was saying that, you know, parents shouldn't spank their kids. And I agree in this day and age that there's better ways to handle things. But when I was younger, that was the norm. And so I did get spanked a bit by my parents when I was coming up. I wasn't abused by any stretch. You know, every once in a while, they'd be a little angrier than they should have. And I'd do the wrong thing or my sisters would we'd set them off and you know then then you'd really get it but that was other anger interfering with my ass whooping an ass whooping I deserved became a little bit more than I deserved because maybe somebody had a bad day but I do I don't hold hard feelings about that so I was telling my friend about that who's a therapist and he just was insisting 
that me and my parents had something to work out and that I needed to vent to them and let them know that they hurt me when I was young. And I was just like, no, that is gross. I am not worried about it like that. As far as I go, that is all water under the bridge. When I was younger, I know I was a little bit of an asshole sometimes. And maybe I deserved that ass whooping a little bit every once in a while. And that's where he really got like, no, 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 no. That's you blaming yourself. And victims always do this. And it's like, victim, I was shut up. Just shut up. And why does it bother you that I don't hold hard feelings towards my parents? What am I? What is this? The fucking they were parents they were raising kids the best that they could and they fucked up every once in a while they weren't guards in the holocaust i don't care i'm not gonna hold that against them that once in a while maybe i got a little more of an ass whooping than i should have it's what it is and that was one that almost ended our friendship because he was really trying to push me to on some level confront my parents. There was also a thing though, cause he wasn't like, you know how they say that a lot of times therapists and mental health workers, that kind of stuff, aren't necessarily the best. Psychiatrists aren't the best with their own families and that kind of stuff. It's like that, you know, um, because there was one time where he was being disrespectful about um, a religious tchotchke that I had and it was because he's atheist and so, he couldn't understand that even though you have no respect for that, that doesn't mean that you should disrespect my property. And even if you don't respect the significance of that or the symbolism, you should respect it just because it's my property. In other words, don't fuck with my shit. I don't care what it is. And so we had a quick one about that. And that one, he got it fast and was like very apologetic and he was on thin ice for a while there. Because, like I said, I don't need any of these people. So, really, you can only get on my nerves so much before I just get like, yeah, we're done. And I know what I bring to the table, especially when it comes to friends. Because for whatever strangers might say about me, people that are actual friends with me will tell you that I am a good friend. I am a loyal friend. I am a friend that will give you the kind of help you actually need when you need it. I won't always hold your hand through everything, but that's just not the way I was raised and that's not the way I'm living my life. But when things really matter, when things really count, I'm the friend you hit up. I tell people all the time, like when my friends are going through a hard time or that kind of stuff, if you're feeling suicidal, definitely hit me up. But don't hit me up when you just want some attention. I mean, hit me up when you really need someone to give you that energy to keep you going. That's the friend I am. I'll help you at that time. But all these along the way, little hold your hand situations, I'm not that bitch. I'm just not. I'm not soft like that. I'm not going to pretend to be soft like that. It's just, you know, there's hard bitches and there's soft bitches. So figure out where I am. By what I've said so far. There's sometimes where people will hit me up. And act like they're really going through it. And in my head I'm like. Bitch you're not going through shit right now. You just want attention. You need a friend. If You could you have called me and just said let's go to lunch. And we would have gone to lunch. And I would have given you everything you needed in that lunch. Just you know by being silly. By being me. That kind of thing. But all this overly dramatic. I'm just feeling so depressed. It's like. You're bored. Like, cause some people really do mistake boredom for depression. There's some people where you're just like, yeah, you're making it seem like you're really depressed right now, but you're not depressed. You're bored. I can tell by the things you're talking about. Not enough people are paying attention to you right now. Maybe your boyfriend broke up with you, which we all have been through breakups and they can be hard and you do need a friend. But don't try to play that off as the same as a suicidal depression. You're just going through a little bit of a little bit of down in the dumps, which is why I'm always clear with you guys about where I'm at as far as that stuff goes when I'm feeling a little depressed or whatever. I always remind you guys through whether it's here on the audio or when I'm doing videos, if I'm ever feeling depressed or down, I'm very clear with you guys. I'm not thinking about killing myself. I'm not feeling suicidal. That's because I don't want you guys to feel like I'm pulling that cried wolf shit with you. I'm just letting you know I'm a little bit down in the dumps right now. And sometimes it's to different degrees and it's a little more than 
just down in the dumps right now. And then, yeah, sometimes I'll lean on my friends, but ask my friends what I act like when I'm actually depressed or down. Like if I'm going to be around you, then part of the reason that I want to be around you is not just to lean on you, but also because being your friend and making you smile or because, you know, my friends know I'm fun to be around. So picking you up a little bit, even though I'm down, if that's the way you want to put it, you know, will make me feel better, you know, because we'll be laughing and joking or whatever like that because I'm not just going to hang ar- hang around you to just be like, eh, I'm so depressed. I just, you know, we're going to have moments of levity in between and we're going to talk. You're a distraction, you know, like you'll tell me about your life or what's going on for you. And so we'll have a good, you know, exchange and then I'll feel like, okay, that that was what I needed. You know, I didn't need anybody to coddle me. I didn't need necessarily a shoulder to cry on. I just needed to be around a friend for a minute just to feel that energy and give some energy. And then I feel better and I go home. But, you know, it's I I don't want anybody to feel like, you know, oh, you have to feel bad for me and uh, whatever. You know, I I just don't want to be that friend. And it's I don't have to try to not be that friend. It's not even a thing for me. It's just like, yeah, it's life is life, you know? And the more that I accept it, the more I feel better. You know, it's like there's surrendering and there's giving up, you know? And I don't give up, but I definitely do surrender. And so giving up is a negative thing. Surrendering is for me a good thing it's just a release and it's okay this is a positive letting go you know is just not holding on to shit not letting things drag you down and just accepting that sometimes life isn't going to be perfect and sometimes things are going to get a little dark but at the end of the day It's what you make it, and it's what you need, even though sometimes you don't like what you need and you don't like what you're making it. So the best you can do is stay unbothered.